We're going to look at some of the things that I think are feeding into this being a uniquely tiring time for us. And then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11 together, or part of it, um, and look at an invitation from Jesus that I think is going to be uh, a words for our souls um, on an individual level, but also as a church. Um, and, and look at how we can just spend the rest of our time then mapping out how can we respond on an individual level, but also some things, little tweaks that we're going to be making um, to the church's rhythm over this time just so that we we live in a sustainable way together. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was a psychiatrist in the 1960s and she um, she proposed these five different states of emotions that people find themselves in um, and she originally applied it to people that are in grief but it's been more recently applied to significant life-changing events like the one that we're in right now um, and one of those emotional states that you can find yourself in that she she proposed is um, she called depression um, now to be clear this doesn't necessarily mean you feel depressed but is a, a state where you just are characterized by by lethargy, lack of emotion, lack of motivation, um, even food kind of related to, uh, testified to some of this earlier when she was opening us up. Um, there's just a state of a state that whoever you are, whatever you, however you go through life, that at some point as you go through the change process, out of nowhere, you'll find it just hits and there's not really much you can do to avoid it. And lots of experts are saying, this is the kind of phase that we, that many of us are facing right now or about to go in or perhaps just coming out of each of us of course are very different the, the novelty of the whole thing has worn off um, although praise god there are shoots of change in the air and that we're starting to see things change um, the, the future is still very fuzzy we're not quite sure what it's going to look like the memes on facebook about it just not quite as funny anymore and it, you just kind of get hit by a wall of i'm just really tired even though i'm not doing much i'm tired and on top of all of that i saw an article on the bbc that is called why zoom chats are so exhausting um, which just basically gives a number of reasons why us doing all of our life on video at the minute is so exhausting. Um, and uh, one of the things it talks about is this, the mind and body disconnect that we have at the minute where we might be sat doing some work um, and our mind thinks, yes, I am working on my laptop and I'm on a video call with some of my work colleagues. And so I am at work, but our body's like, hang on a second. I am in exactly the same place that I'm normally in my pajamas, watching Netflix, eating ice cream. We are not at work at all. And this conflict between body and mind is really tiring for us to try and reconcile. And then, of course, there's the thing of conversation itself over something like Zoom, not flowing and not being the same. Um, apparently, when we are in a, in a positive, fun, friendly conversation, there's loads of back and forth and there's absolutely no gaps at all between one person talking and another person talking. And apparently, if there is a delay, that is normally associated by our brains as a hostile response. Now, every single response in, on Zoom has a delay. And so every single, our brain is working overtime to try and work out, are these responses that I'm getting on Zoom hostile all the time? And so basically none of us have any friends on Zoom whatsoever. And the result is that all of these, um, these factors, and of course many, many more, are just leading to us feeling much more drained. And we as a church, we use Zoom a lot and we're really grateful for it. I, I love that we can gather, particularly love these Sundays. In most of our meetings, we're, we're asking people, hey, look, gather. Let's, we want to hear from you. We want you to contribute. We want you to be active on our meetings. And I just love hearing from lots and lots of different voices. And I think that's, that's what the church gathered looks like. But there is no doubt whatsoever that for each of us, it is 
it's a more tiring experience, more challenging um, than if we're meeting together in person. And I'm just increasingly aware of this accumulation of fatigue that can come. We now know this is not just a, a very, very short term arrangement that we're in. Um, we don't quite know what the future is going to look like, how long we're going to be in it. And, and so I just want to make sure that we as a family have some sustainable rhythms. Um, and I want to look into this invitation from Jesus um, as we approach him now in our, in our tired, perhaps fairly semi-awake state and to look at his invitation and not only find some things that will apply to us as a family, but as I say, some things that will apply to us altogether. So Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to read from verse 28 and it's going to come up on the screen. Come to me, these are Jesus's words to us, come to you, to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, my, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want to focus again on verse 28. We'll just look at that on its own. Just hear this once again. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're going to look at uh, Eugene Peterson's version in the message translation as well, which I just love this, the way that he, he renders it. He says this, I'm just having to look around my notes a little bit. Um, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Isn't that what we want right now? Isn't that what we are hungry for? A real rest. Isn't that what our soul is aching for? Just think, I, I want someone that can help me recover my life and someone that can help give me and show me a real rest. And the wonderful thing is that we see here that that's not just what we want, but that is what Jesus wants for us. Jesus really wants us to know what it is like to feel and experience real rest. But he doesn't want us living in this perpetually burnt out, semi-awake, just about getting through because of the six cups of coffee that I had this morning, mad dash that all of us are so familiar with. He doesn't want us living in this state of just feeling completely drained, no energy whatsoever, despite the fact that it's only two o'clock in the afternoon and all we've done is watch six episodes of The Office so far. He wants us, he really wants us to know what it is like to feel completely and totally rested. But not only, he goes one step further, he doesn't just want us to find it, but he wants to give it to us. This is Jesus's gift to his people. If you've been around church for any length of time, you're probably familiar with these verses. You maybe are over familiar with these verses. Just hear them again. That Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Just as Eugene Peterson says, he's basically saying, look, if you're tired, if you're exhausted, this is all you need to have on your CV. This is all you need to be to be true of yourself, that you just need to be done, absolutely frazzled. And Jesus says his promise, I will, and his gift, 
if you come to me, is he says, I will give you rest. Now, I find this immensely encouraging. And I also find it immensely challenging. Because the question in front of us, I think, is are we actually going to believe Jesus's words here? Are we going to take him at his word and think, I'm actually going to trust that the rest that I need is going to come from Jesus and Jesus alone? Let me ask you, what do you do when you are tired or worn out? What do you do to rest? My go-to is to just crash on the sofa um, and just and watch as much football as I possibly can, which has been quite challenging in recent weeks. Um, but I found myself much more acquainted with um, the, the ups and downs of Bayer Leverkusen than I ever thought would happen in my life, thanks to the return of the German Football League in, um, in the last few weeks. Maybe you uh, sit on the sofa and just have 10 minutes of Facebook that turns into two hours of Facebook. Uh, or I've heard some terrible rumours that some people, when they are absolutely exhausted, actually find rest in cleaning their home, which I don't think sounds right at all. But my guess is that if you are really tired, what you don't do is do something that looks like coming to Jesus. And there's, there's no shame in that. I'm, all I'm hoping to do here is just point out, I think there's often a disconnect for many of us, a disconnect between where Jesus says that we will find rest and where we often actually go looking for that rest. That maybe there's this deeper level of rest that is available to us. If only we will hear Jesus's words, actually trust him and then act on them as well. Jesus continues in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is saying is that this rest will come to us when we take on his yoke. Now, a yoke was a common expression in the day for a rabbi's teaching, his kind of set of this is how you should live and this is what you should do. Um, and a yoke was something you would put on your shoulders in order to carry a load. And so the idea was, if you live in this particular way, if you follow my teachings, then the load, the heavy burden of life, will you, you'll be able to carry it on your shoulders. And so every rabbi had a, had a yoke. But listen to what Jesus says about his yoke. He says, for my yoke is easy and so what Jesus is saying here is if you live my way if you follow my teaching if you do my thing you won't burn out and so what Jesus says is 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 learn from me in verse 29 now for us when we hear learn from it maybe conjures up pictures of of a classroom that you couldn't wait to get out of particularly in this weather or maybe a lecture theatre more recently or whatever the online equivalent of a lecture theatre these days is but in this kind of culture, when a rabbi says, learn from me, it was a completely different model. The model was a student, a disciple, probably more best understood by us as an apprentice of that rabbi, would just watch the rabbi and learn his life and, and model his life as closely as he possibly could on the rabbi that he was learning from. And so the idea was, well, as close as I can get to the rabbi, the more that I will learn from him, the more I can spend time with him, the more I can be in his presence, the more I can get proximity, in this case, to Jesus, 
the more that I'll be able to learn from him and understand his ways. I just think what Jesus is saying here is really, really interesting. Because what he is saying is that there is a yoke. There is a, a, a set of teachings. There's a way that I want you to live my life. There's, I want you to watch how I do it and imitate and follow and do it. And I, I want you to, to see the practices. And there's, there's adjustments and, and patterns and life rhythms that I want you to take on. There's a real practical element to what Jesus is saying. But yet, listen, notice what he's not then saying to all of these crowds that are around him. He's not then saying, so I just want you to obey my teaching. And I just want you to do as I say. He's not handing out how-to guides on, on how to live a better, more rested life or a 10-step program to the restful life that you've always wanted. No, what he says, his appeal to the crowds is come to me. Come and find relationship with me. And it's in the context of deepening relationship with me that this rest will come to you. That as you enter into a relationship with me and continually choose relationship with me and choose proximity to me, as we go on together in relationship, I will guide you and shape you and, and model for you to learn the way of rest. And so he's not just sort of throwing out a load of life hacks that can be observed and then adopt, adopted from afar. And so I'll take that and I'll, not, I'll, not, I'll put that down and that works for me and that doesn't really fit in. But no, he's saying that there is, there is rest available to you, but the only way you will get hold of it is if you come to me and you enter into relationship with me and you continually do so. Now, I find this one of the easiest things in the world to say yes to on a Sunday morning and one of the hardest things to say yes to on a Tuesday evening. That after a long day at work that's just been really rough and you're just feeling stressed out and the kids are screaming at you, at the point of exhaustion for all of us, and maybe it's just me, but I find it at best unnatural to then think, oh, I just want to spend time with Jesus now. That sometimes we even find ourselves then thinking, well, okay, I'm tired, I'm going to go to the Bible. And we find ourselves reading it and thinking, oh, I'm just finding it really hard. Like none of it seems like it's going in. I'm not quite understanding. I don't really know why I'm reading about judgment on Capernaum. Like, how is this really fitting? Or praying we, we go into a time of prayer and we we, we just feel like is this is this really doing anything as i i'm trying to draw near to jesus but i'm just speaking into into thin air this doesn't feel like it's building my soul this doesn't feel like rest but again i just want us to dwell on the promise and the words of jesus here end of verse 29 he says you will find rest for your souls just notice the promise you will find it there's no wiggle room here this will be given to you it will be easy for you to find it as you come to him and notice the promise here the offer you will find rest for your souls this is rest at the very deepest level of your being this is not just enough rest to get through another day of childcare somehow. This is not just enough rest to endure that Zoom call with that one colleague that still has dial-up internet or enough energy to just about get through that, uh, that, that essay and power through it and then crash afterwards. 
Now Jesus is saying here, I, what I have for you is complete rest of the soul. That I want to introduce you to a life where you just know a constant state of deep rest within you. This is the rest that we really need. This is the rest that we, we really need to get hold of and that only Jesus can give us. At the beginning of lockdown, I felt quite strongly that the gift that, that Jesus was presenting to us in this time was an opportunity for each of us to go deeper in our own relationship with, with, with him. That, um, that in getting into our Bible on our own and, and learning to pray, um, perhaps for the first time on our own, as we can't gather together, we could get, get hold of Jesus for ourselves. And I, I felt like that was the, the encouragement was so that we could continue to deepen and grow as people of worship, as we've been talking about recently. And I still very much believe that's the tr that that's what he's doing. But it's only recently that I realized that I think along with that invitation at the same time, what I think Jesus is doing and the gift for us in this time is to also get hold of Jesus's rest. That as we go deeper with him, as we keep coming to him, not only do we get more steeped in the truth of God, not only do we grow in our prayer with him, but it's the place that we find rest, that as we get hold of him more, our souls start to come to rest. And I want to just uh, talk in a, in a second about some of the responses that we're going to make as a church to some of these things. But before that, I just there is something really, really personal about Jesus's invitation here. That I want each of us to just be aware that this is Jesus's own words to us as individuals. And that we should. I think, just think really, really seriously about what it is that Jesus is saying here. Think about, it. can I make space for Jesus in this? Can I make space in my own schedule? Can I do something that will allow me to get time with Jesus? Because he's, he's speaking about the state of our souls here. He's speaking and saying, if you don't come to me, then your soul will know a, a restlessness. You won't quite know the peace that each and every one of us is looking for. But he says, look, if you just find 15 minutes earlier in the morning to get up and pray, or if you just find a snatch of 10 minutes in your lunch break to each day just get into the scriptures, even if it doesn't feel like much, that's where a true rest for your soul is going to come from. And here's what we're going to do as a church family. One in every four weeks, we are, instead of home groups, what we're going to do is we are going to, in the midweek, as individuals or as households, whatever your situation is, we are going to practice finding rest in Jesus. Now, we're not going to do it this week, but it's going to be the week after. So the midweek after that. So it's like 10 days or so. And of course, this is totally optional. Like you can do what you like, but um, this is just an invitation. We're not going to um, check up on anybody. We're not going to be sending drones over to anybody's house to peer through the window and check they're doing it. Um, but this, there's no obligation here. But this is an invitation that I'd love for us to consider. And the idea is this, that the evening that you would otherwise be doing home group, instead of connecting to Zoom and doing your home group meeting, each of us will just do whatever it is that we find restful and relaxing and choose to do that of an evening. And then within the context of that evening, we will do one thing, just one thing that draws our hearts just a little bit more towards Jesus. 
So for example, you could be loving all of the evening sun that we've got at the minute and you might think, I'm going to go and sit at a park and just enjoy and relax and lie down in the sun. And as you're watching the clouds go past and, and working out what sort of formations they're, they're making and what they look like, you might think, right, I'm going to spend 10, I'm just going to spend a few minutes just listing 10 things in my life that right now I am very grateful for. And I'm just going to speak them out to Jesus and say thank you for them. Or you might just want to find a quiet spot in your house, get yourself a really good cup of coffee, decaf of course, it'll be the evening, and just sit down and say, I'm going to read one chapter in my Bible. And that's going to take me five minutes. And then I'm going to spend 10 minutes, no screens, no phones, just in total silence. And just ask God, is there anything you want to say to me? And that's it. 15 minutes of your evening, but drawing closer to Jesus. You might want to go for a long stroll and think, I'm just going to, I'm going to download a sermon. I'm going to go for a walk that's long enough to listen to that sermon. I'm going to spend five minutes afterwards thanking Jesus for some of the truth that I've heard within it. The, the possibilities are literally endless. I mean, there's so many different things you could do. But what we're not saying, what I'm not saying is, I want you to spend three hours in non-stop intercessory prayer just going for it. Or uh, I want you to do a, a night-long intensive Bible study. I mean, if you find those things restful and relaxing, then go nuts. But the whole point of this evening is to find rest. And then in the context of that one thing that just draws your heart a little bit more towards him. Just one act, one declaration that says, actually, Jesus, I believe that that real rest, true rest that I really need will only come to me as I draw near to you. And my encouragement would be plan your evening. We're going to email out a bunch of suggestions of things you could do. Um, we'll be putting out reminders on social media and WhatsApp so that you know it's coming. You'll chat about it in home groups this week, things that you could do, um, fire ideas around. But you will get the most out of this if you plan it. And not just plan the thing that you're going to do to engage with Jesus, but plan how you're going to relax and rest in that evening. Just one other thing I want to chuck out. Over the last few months or so, Hannah and I have been, um, we've started doing a Sabbath day. Um, so from Sunday evening through to Monday evening each week, among a number of other things, one of the things we do is we just completely switch off from um, screens, phones, uh, media, news, etc., etc. And we have found that withdrawing from all of the things that fight for our attention and just getting away from the noise and the notifications and the Netflix makes it so much easier as we withdraw to draw near to Jesus. And so it's just a suggestion, but you might just want to think about, oh, maybe that's something that I could do. Maybe an evening I could go without any of those things, just unplug, turn off my phone. Um, and that is a way that I could find relaxation in that evening. Whatever it is you do, what I would say is let's treat this evening as a unique evening in our month, in our four week schedule. Not just another evening off or another evening to get jobs done so that you'll be ready for the next day, but plan it in, protect it and have it as a set apart evening of this is an evening for rest and an evening where I'm going to relax and I'm going to choose to come to Jesus and believe that he will give me rest as I do. So just to make it clear, here's the slide that's going to just give us a bit of an idea of our four week rhythm as a church. Um, so here you'll see that next, this week coming up is our home groups um, and then the week after that is this rest week and then home groups again, then worship and prayer. So 
Uh, half the time we'll be meeting as home groups still, half the time we'll be doing something different. And this is how we'll go on for now. Obviously things are subject to change and of course when we start to be able to meet in person, again we don't know when that is. So I thought let's get a new rhythm. If it changes because we're allowed to meet soon then hallelujah. Um, and we'll maybe look to keep some of these principles. But um, I do think the principle behind it is something that we really need to get hold of, however long this rhythm stays in place. And I think that this could just be really healthy, um, thanks very much for the slide, really healthy for us as a family, that as we withdraw to be with Jesus, when we then return and gather together again, I, I just think we'll, be more, we'll have more energy, we'll be more rested, and I think we'll also have more richness in Jesus to be able to share with one another. Did you know that right now in heaven, Jesus is at rest? couple of times in Hebrews we read that when he ascended into heaven after his resurrection he sat down at the right hand of the father and that when Jesus invites us and says come to me he's not just saying come and be around me come and be in the same space as me but what he's saying is come and share all that I am and all that I have and so as we come to Jesus we are sharing in his victory we're sharing in his triumph we are sharing in his finished work and we're sharing in his rest Jesus is at rest because at the cross all that could ever come against him and so all that could ever come against us was finally defeated at the cross he won the victory and so he now sits with no anxieties and no fears knowing that there are no more battles to be fun he's to be won he sits knowing that his kingdom of peace and of rest has finally and finally been established and will one day be fully established here on earth. And so as we come to him, we are entering into his kingdom of rest and relaxation and peace to share in his rest. We are able to rest because our king is at rest. And it's that same king that is now inviting us and speaking to us, offering us this real rest that all of us know we so desperately need at this time. Let's be a people who accept his invitation of rest and choose to draw near to him in these days.